0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas Twenty Four podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm your host Matthew Bruni, and joining me is the number one Suns fan in the world, Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today?
1: It's a great time. It's a great, great time. Um, Enjoying basketball for the first time since probably I was in high school. So, uh, and that is a fact. That is literally the last time I, where the Suns were in the playoffs, and that was the last time they made it this far. Um, I've watched them since then, but I haven't enjoyed it. So this has yeah. been great. <laughs>
0: yeah, we, we are about 20 hours removed from ish. Just, you know, streaking down the street when they made the conference finals for the first time since 2010. So uh, congratulations. Um, man, it's fun. Must be fun. Must be fun. I
1: mean, it's pretty great
0: as a Spurs fan. I'm not too far removed to that, but you know, it doesn't look like we're going to be making it anytime soon. So I'll just... <laughs> Secondhand, enjoy your uh, enthusiasm.
1: You got to make that. You got to make that move for Carl Anthony Towns, and things will be good. Um,
0: yeah, we need to make a lot of moves.
1: <laughs> but anyways, we have a lot to talk about today. Um,
0: and as far as Texas basketball goes, uh, it'll be college Texas college basketball today. Uh, we'll we'll talk about Bryson Williams going to Texas Tech. Uh, we'll talk about uh lsu and kim mulkey you know kind of getting one of her old players and then we have a few um or probably was this seven nba prospect previews on the last podcast we did i want to say eight or nine and we'll be wrapping that up on this podcast as well but let's start with bryson williams uh star at utep for for two years after Mm -hmm. he went to fresno state for two years um transferred to Texas tech and with Mark Adams over there and Mark Adams has been really, we'll get into this later, you know, the Texas tech kind of aspect of things, but they've been adding a lot of transfers and there was some talk about Bryson Williams going there. He visited twice. And finally he committed there and I'm not I'm really excited for him. I think he's going to do great. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested to see how he kind of fits in there. They have a lot of talent there. They got that KJ Allen from um, Last Chance U. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have Santos Silva back. They have a lot of players in the front court. How? What do you think about the move for Bryson Williams?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because you, think, you look on paper and you – I don't want to say he doesn't fit. But, like, like, it is an interesting fit because we're assuming, you know, Adams is going to be running very similar things to what yes. Beard ran, if not the same thing um, for continuity's sake. And you do wonder where it does, where you fit in somebody like Bryson Williams, who is a gifted scorer, but isn't necessarily someone who you kind of associate with that brand of basketball, right? He's not a, he's not a really prolific shot blocker. Um, he has size. And maybe that's why, maybe they'll team him with somebody like a Santos Silva, right? And, like, maybe have just, like, maybe suffocate the paint a little bit. Um, but, yeah, on paper, it was it was a little interesting, interesting move. I'm, I'm curious. I was a little surprised that he, you know, maybe there was, some, I don't know if there was any speculation that he would follow Rodney Terry to Texas or not. There was a little bit him, as well. There was some. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I thought maybe that had been my, maybe a more comfortable fit. But he, I think he, I think he might have a little bit of more aspirations of doing, of contributing a little bit more and, you know, tech's a little bit shallow in the front court so they could mm-hmm. really use somebody like him. Um, they've really been, I mean, when was the last time tech had like a score in the post at all? Yeah, that's that's, it's that's been a while great question.
0: Never really. So,
1: Yeah. So I, I maybe that's something Adams wants to add during his tenure is a little bit more focus on that end of the, of, uh, as far as the front court's concerned. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious about the construction of his roster. Cause I want to say they're also still in for uh, Darian Ford um mm-hmm. who's a four-star guard coming out of high school um so i think i think he released like his top eight or something like that and tech was mm-hmm. on it or let me say double double check that uh top 10 um and okay. tech was on it and so you know they're, they're building something pretty interesting there with some of the transfers they're bringing in um just mentioned Ford, obviously coming out so um yeah i think bryson williams is a interesting fit just because we haven't seen the type of player in in a while for that program
0: yeah he comes off of in his junior year, and uh, 19 and 20, averaging 18 a game. Last year, he averaged 15 a game. Um, to your point about him not being a shot blocker, he only averaged 0.5 blocks per game last year, mm-hmm. and that's in 31 and a half minutes per game. So that's none, basically. It's none. Yeah. And to be <laughs> fair to him, he played the four a lot with him. They they played um, a couple guys at the five around, uh, around him, which it was a really weirdly constructed roster, um, not in the terms mm-hmm. that it didn't have talent, because it did, you know, Sule Boom, Keontae Kennedy, uh, Jamal Biyanimi. It felt like it was more guard oriented last year. It felt like he wasn't in rhythm as much last year. I mean, to drop three points per game um, and mm-hmm. to drop percentage wise from three from thirty five and a half percent to twenty eight percent is drastic. So that's that's the concern for me. Is he's going to go there? I'm I'm hopeful that he's going to get better looks and he's going to get a little more um, a little more the offense is going to come a little bit easier to him, even though Texas tech isn't known for their offense. It's you're still playing with better players, more talented players that can maybe, you know, drive and kick to him on the perimeter to where he's getting good looks. Cause he shot 84% from the free throw line. It's not like this guy sure. can't shoot. Yeah. Um, it was just a year where I feel like it was the shots weren't coming as easy. The rhythm wasn't there. It was a kind of a weirdly constructed team. Sule boom kind of took a, took a lot of shots as well. So that's where you get that year where you go from junior year. He was I think it was first team all conference and conference USA to third team all conference, which is still good, but it's not w- what we expected from him.
1: Yeah. And I think it's going to be big that he's not going to be asked to be, you know, the main guy in the front court, like, you know, with Santos Silva there, that's kind of your physical guy that can really take a lot of the brunt in the hitting. Right. And so if you pair them together, you know, maybe you, you don't, you don't, you don't ask Williams to be as physical because he doesn't have to be mm-hmm. Um one of the things that stood out to me, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned kind of the weirdly constructed team because I was looking at his uh, uh, plus-minus comparisons. Offensive plus-minus was a plus 2.8 in tw- uh, last season, the season before this past year. And defensively, it wasn't great, but it was about 0. 0.8. This year was negative 0. 0.5 defensive plus-minus and 1.7 offensive plus-minus. So he w- he went from, like you mentioned, he went from this, this all-conference player to not a bad player, but somebody who definitely, you know, definitely took a step back in a lot of in a lot of ways. And again, it wasn't him. I think that whole roster took a step back as far as their cohesion went. It just yeah. wasn't a team that lived up to the talent uh, talent billing that we saw. So um, I think this is a good fit for him. I think Adams might be somebody who can give him a little bit more structure. Um, and if they do ask him to just kind of be a scorer, you know, we'll see what that, what 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 what, what uh, Tech can do with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, also one other stat, I'm just looking at his numbers right now. He dropped from four and a half free throw attempts per game to three free throw attempts per game, which is pretty significant uh, for a Ford of his size and his caliber. I am I mean, look, when I was looking through the roster of Texas Tech and it's kind of just who they've added so far, um, I want to get to a more um, macro point of the experience that Texas teams are going to have in, in the coming year. Mm-hmm. but texas tech specifically i feel like this is a get that mark adams i don't know if chris beard would have done sure and i don't i don't know that for certain obviously chris beard loves talented players but you kind of made the point about them not having a Ford of, of this play style in a while and so maybe mark adams um looks at what he's bringing back in the backcourt and you know you don't have mac mcclung you might not have terrence shannon um you go down the list there and so maybe you do need to add some pop in the front court and so Mm -hmm. i'm interested to see maybe they can even get him at the five for some ends if they really want to go offensive um maybe they can bring out a defensive side in him that they we haven't seen yet but overall i like the get i'm just it's it's an interesting pairing it's an interesting pairing that i don't know if i would have expected especially if chris beard was still there
1: Sure. Yeah. I think uh, he doesn't really like his bigs to shoot threes and all that stuff. So, and we know Bryce Williams is somebody who's capable of shooting threes. Whether you want him doing that a lot, you know, is another yeah. thing, but he's able to step out and shoot threes. Um, I, I don't know how much he averaged um, from beyond. Let me see. I can pull that up really quick. What
0: Percentage or attempts?
1: Uh, well, both. I have both. Uh, he averaged almost three attempts per game yeah. at 20, 28%, but he shot 36% roughly last year from yeah. three. So
0: that's what i was very saying. capable of shooting three very different very yeah. different years right there.
1: exactly so yeah so maybe like you said maybe it was maybe it was adam's looking around saying like you know what let's let's see if we can add some scoring punch you know in different ways to where maybe teams can't scheme us the same way um and here's somebody who's ready to contribute and it's not a it's not a long-term thing right it's like let's try this out right for oh, a yeah. year and let's see what happens so
0: yeah, it's one year. Um, he's spent two years at Fresno State, then redshirted his first year at UTEP and then played two years at UTEP. Obviously, last year doesn't count, but this will be a sixth year of college basketball. Yeah. So you're getting an experienced guy, they're getting a one-year player that's going to have to come in and play immediately. I expect him at the very least to be in the rotation. I don't 100%. think I don't foresee a way in which he's out of the nine ten man rotation. I just I don't. He's too good. He's too good of a player, too experienced of a player. Um I mean we're talking about a guy that scored twenty-three and had twelve boards at Kansas last year. I mean, that's hopefully what he can do um for this team. And for Utep, it's obviously a big loss, but we knew he transferred out a while ago. So um yeah. that whole um joe golding situations oh shout out to joe golding adding earl boykins you sent that to me today yeah. they were recording i didn't have it on a list for a podcast but i thought i'd mention it um yeah it was i didn't know if he, was at, uh, he was at he was at
1: arkansas with eric musselman i
0: yeah i didn't know that either i just <laughs> continue to learn new things about earl boykins so <laughs> there you go um let's stay on tech for a second they Terrence Shannon, who we're going to talk about in pro- the prospect previews, uh, has not decided or hasn't announced, rather, whether he's coming back or not. The Texas Tech website has him as a junior, like on their basketball site has him as junior, so that means he would be returning. But then he's also been invited to the NBA Draft Combine. He's one of those players that's going to see how, you know, his stock is at the Combine and then decide after that. Um, my question is, do you think they need Terrence Shannon back or how big of a difference do you think it makes? I guess if they I think get- it
1: makes a pretty big difference. Okay. I think when you look at that back, if it, it, the difference to me is, you know, if you return Shannon and McCuller, you know, to me, that's a great backcourt to be coming back. Like yes. that's, that's, I mean, I'm trying to think of how many teams would rival that backcourt. right? Probably Texas. Yeah. And that in the Big Twelve, that might be it. Off the top of my head, I guess TCU because TCU is bringing in a couple. is bringing a few, um, um, but like it's you, you basically put yourself in the upper echelon of back twor- backcourts in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Um, versus you know just bringing back McCuller, which again McCuller is good and I you know he'll he'll be able to do fine. But I think having that one two punch, I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't. Um, the the weird thing. For me is, yeah. so I'm looking through,
0: I was looking through their um, additions because it's not updated on the official roster yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking through Chandler Jacobs an All-American at Dallas Baptist University. They got mm-hmm. they signed him this off season. Adonis Arms um, from Winthrop with one year of eligibility left, 6'6 guard. Um, Davion Warren averaged 21.2 points per game um from at hampton university with one year of eligibility left like mm-hmm. they signed some guards <laughs> like they, that's true that's they true got experience and so that's why that's why i i have our next topic just being about how old teams are like they didn't mark adams didn't go out and just go get like oh freshman in the portal sophomore in the portal he wouldn't get like right. seniors in the damn portal it's yeah. like Oh, okay. So I guess he's preparing for if Shannon doesn't come back. Because if you get, if you're, if you know Shannon's coming back or if you have a strong inkling that Shannon's coming back, I don't know that he would, why you would do that. Right. Sure.
1: I, th- I mean, maybe, I mm, I'm wondering if he felt maybe their guard rotation was a little bit shallow last year. What'd maybe. Yeah. yeah. That's a, you it can make that argument.
0: You can make that um, argument. Too.
1: And so, so to me, I mean, I, th- I think he's pro- I th- Think he might be covering both you know covering both sides where it's like if we get him back then we have one of the deepest guard rotations arguably in the country right mm-hmm. um if he doesn't come back okay cool like we, we got we got dudes that can step in and contribute and be able to you know not consider this a rebuilding year right you bring in a bryson williams in the front court you bring in these other guys adonis arms in uh to, to kind of help on the wings a little bit more um but i i Yeah. I don't know. Cause I think, I also think like, it also gets a little bit more confusing when you look at the roster to be like, okay, well, you know, do they just run three of these dudes at once? Right. Is it just, is it necessarily just a back, you know, does it have to be a two guard back car, right? Are you going to run? um, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Um, Do you put uh, Shibuza Agbo in the starting Mm -hmm. lineup? You know, I don't think he wants to do that right away. And so, you know, maybe he wants to, run a three guard lineup. Uh, that's basically what people do nowadays anyway. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that I think he's covering both bases to be like, let's have, let's add some experience depth just in case, but let's also kind of bank on just having a lot of talent in that backcourt.
0: I, I, I think that's a great point. Um, the one thing you did bring up that I, I actually want to hammer home just before we move on is mm-hmm. you, he's covering both bases also, because this cannot be really a rebuilding year, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think the with him already being established an established figure in the program, I don't think right. he can step in and they miss the tournament. Like that would be a right. wild drop off, or they can't be like ninth in the Big Twelve. Like they they 100%. would that would be pretty drastic of a fall off, and I feel like that would really rub people the wrong way. So that maybe I mean so in that regard, I I agree with your point. I think it's an interesting thing that he's doing there so we can kind of yeah. see his mind working in the players that he's bringing it in. was a con-
1: yeah promoting him was a continuity move it was like we like what we're doing let's keep doing it kind yep. of thing yep
0: um last thing i want to touch on uh before we move on to the women's basketball side is mm-hmm. i just have written down here is texas teams are going to be really old next year <laughs> like <laughs> like I, I i mentioned tech uh your texas is adding a good amount of of grad transfers and, and experienced players a and M, I i went and looked at them same thing as tech basically uh north texas same thing texas state mm-hmm. uh you know better than i do i just know that they're returning a hell of a lot um yeah. smu i mean go down there the weathers and and whatnot i oh and um the smu zach Nuttall,
1: yeah Zach Nuttall. it's just
0: it's a lot of old teams next year and I, I feel like it's obviously that's kind of a trend in college basketball in general but like it's a real, real legit going yeah. going into this next year.
1: Yeah, and I'm wondering, like, I don't know if it's just the I don't know if it's just a one off thing. Whatever you know, people talk about the the quote unquote Wild West of transfers or whatever. I don't know if it's just everybody realizing they have their you know they have this free uh, year of eligibility that they're just going to try and you know make their move now and you know shuffle around a little bit. Yeah. Um, and college is kind of reaping the rewards of that, saying like, you know, we could sign you know, some freshmen out of high school, or we can just go get this sophomore from, you know, from wherever yeah. and bring them in. Um, I think it's also part of it. I mean, at least I can look at, let me see. Let me look at that list you kind of had. So obviously you got Texas and Tech who are just trying to make, you know, Tech, Chris Beard wants to make a good impression right away. Uh, Adams wants to kind of, morale's kind of low when you get poached by another school. So like he wants to kind of keep that momentum going as well. Um, as I think SMU, I think Jenkins kind coming of in a proven year, mm-hmm. um, so he's probably kind of motivated to maybe win um, a little bit more. I think when you have Texas State, you have an experienced team that almost was on the cusp of something, and so you have everybody wanting to you know kind of break through and really maybe win the conference. UNT similar, right? You mm-hmm. actually broke through, and it's like okay, well, we don't want to lose that momentum. Yeah, Buzz Williams, I think he's. Con- I don't want to say he's in a proven year because he's on a ridiculous contract, yeah. but. Yeah. what what, what's kind of going on there it feels weird there yeah something the way they ended his first year was pretty promising and then the way they did last year just it it seemed to crumble and so i think there's definitely some like all right get get some of the the dead weight out and let's bring in some guys let's see what we can do and again i don't want to say he's a it's a prove-it year for him because he's under he's on he's on a lot of money but you know it's probably a year away from a prove-it year
0: yeah I want to go through the a one real quickly because I, I yep. don't think they're as old as the other ones. Um, mm-hmm. They added junior college transfer to Aaron Cash, so that's a third-year player not coming in. Uh, Ethan Henderson uh, from Arkansas, from Arkansas. Oh, yeah. a three-year player there. Um, where'd it go? Oh, Marcus Williams, mm-hmm. um, Mountain West uh, freshman of the year. Uh, Henry Coleman, uh, from duke a second year player and jordan hall six seven second year player of st joe so they're not as old i want to for in case for any a&m listeners out there they're not as old as tech and north texas and uh some of the other teams but they're still obviously being aggressive and you have the players with the one-time transfer and obviously them getting their year of eligibility back you have a lot of older players i think moving this year than you will in future years I don't know, sure, maybe, sure. maybe I'm wrong on that, but because with the one-time transfer, you might have more players do it earlier in their career and then not be able to do it later. You know, I mean, you're just sure. different s- situations. So
1: yeah. um, I think we'll eventually get to a spot where the transfer rule will be alleviated a little bit, but this is like, you know... It- it's very rare that you get a, a golden ticket. Right. Yeah. And so everybody's making their move right now. I think, I, again, I don't know if we'll see this much next year, just cause you know, we're not going to have uh, everybody's not going to have an automatic waiver. I think yeah. eventually everybody will get one transfer um, later on down the line, but, but I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, we're just seeing this, this kind of whirlwind of news and movement. Yeah. All right. Let's move to women's
0: basketball real quick. Kim Mulkey at LSU decided that she wanted to take Moon Erson with her. And mm-hmm. Moon Nursing went with her. Well, she also went back home. She's from I can't pronounce this. Yeah, that's true. Destrahan, Louisiana, after spending four years at Baylor. So Kim yeah, Mulkey in right. her press release um was saying that she's coming home just like me. So you know, just some mm-hmm. Louisiana girls going home. Uh, Moon Urson obviously averaged right. 12 and a half points per game, six and a half rebounds per game and four assists almost per game. So obviously an established player that. Um, what
1: if Kim Mulkey just takes, picks up Baylor and just <laughs> drops it in, in LSU? Uh, that's what I'm kind of
0: waiting for at this point.
1: <laughs> cause they got, cause they got Hannah Gusters too, uh transferring too. So they're just picking up two contributors from this past year and just dropping them in Baton Rouge. Uh,
0: yeah. That's what I would expect. I mean, if DD Rich, like if DD Richards and DD, D nake harrington were had returned i probably would have assumed they were going lsu too at this point um but you know it's a good good pickup for her um obviously a lot a loss for baylor um but it's like you said kim mulkey's just obviously making moves already at lsu we knew this we talked about this on the last podcast or a couple podcasts ago just how aggressive she's been early on All right, Uh, next we got Baylor uh, picking up Jamie Asbury from Oklahoma State, 5'5 guard. Uh, Three years at Oklahoma State, 17 points per game this past year, 42% from three. And Nikki Collin gets herself a shooter and a very capable and experienced guard. So that's a real pickup for Baylor. What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I think that, you know, the one – the one quote-unquote issue with Baylor last year was probably their guard play. Um, You know, you kind of had Moon Urson and a little bit of Sarah Andrews here and there, but, you know, it was Didi Richards having to bring the ball up, even though she's probably more of a natural forward. Um, And to add to that, uh, I'd say they're three-point
0: shooting to a degree. Yeah.
1: Hundred percent, no, hundred uh, percent. Because I remember the national title year. It was Chloe Jackson. It was a lot of these other players. It was um, uh, uh, the year before that that was canceled, that was called off. Was Tia Cooper? You know, they had these guards who were capable of shooting, handling the ball, and that was kind of the difference between them and, and winning those national titles. Carrington was good last year. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to disregard her either. But um, again, there was that shooting, kind of scoring aspect that they didn't really have, and. Again, we don't know what a Nikki Collin Baylor team is going to look like, but right now it's clear that she wants a scoring guard, um, somebody who can take over that point guard role. And I believe she averaged—I don't know how many assists she averaged. Maybe I think it was like about four or five. Yeah, I think it was four. Uh, maybe a little bit down. Uh, I believe it was looking four. at it right now. Yeah, it was about four. So, yeah, it looks like four. Um, So, yeah, so she wants a floor general and somebody who's capable of scoring the ball. And you add that potentially with another year of Sarah Andrews, who, you know, now doesn't have to be a creator. She can kind of be a uh, just kind of a um, uh, beneficiary. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, You know, and then, of course, you have Melissa Smith down low. I think this is going to be a nice nice one-two punch with her because I'm assuming the offense is obviously going to run through Smith. But now you have somebody in the backcourt who can, you know, take over for herself a little bit. So yeah, I think it's a huge pickup. I'm really happy with it. Um, especially when you lose somebody like Kamoon Urson who, you know, we knew she was transferring early on, but, yeah. um, you know, that kind of dynamic explosive scoring, you know, needs to be replaced and I think they did a good job.
0: Yeah. I mean, she, Asbury can really shoot the ball. And that's from just a basketball perspective, seeing Melissa Smith a lot of times last year, you have to catch the ball a little farther away from the basket yeah. than I think she would like. Then I think, um, the, the coaching staff would have liked it was just not as much shooting as as would be preferred when you have a player like Smith that can obviously score in different areas on the court but mm-hmm. when she's around the basket she's basically automatic so
1: and I forgot that they lost because uh, they lost Kristlin Carr too who was who transferred to Tech under Mulkey and so she transferred to Syracuse so that was gonna I think that was loosely banked on to be kind of the floor general and so like mm-hmm. when they lose her okay well you know you got to find it somewhere else
0: yep Yep, so we'll see how that plays out. We'll see if there's any more um, movement on the women's side from, or if Kim Mulkey just starts stealing other players from Texas. Um, but that's all we have for that. Uh, let's get to the NBA prospect previews. The last seven – I can't count. Yes, seven, seven <laughs> players. It's when you see them listed and not right. numbered. It's just hard. Um, I really like these players because last podcast we went through – the guys who are like for cert for certain going to get drafted, like you know, or maybe fringe second round guys. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of these guys are fringe second round guys as well. Um, I could see them going really late, or just you know going undrafted and getting a chance into camp. Or coming uh, back, yeah, or coming back, and we're gonna run through those options. But I I think from just a I don't know how to word this. There's they're really interesting players because they're not like these perfect davian mitchell type players like oh the sure, davian mitchell sure. can just step right in and do this like oh they don't have really that many questions these guys mm-hmm. are really interesting and dynamic and it's gonna be interesting to see how teams um handle them uh, or look at them this coming year so let's start with terrence shannon who we talked about from texas tech uh six uh 20 almost 21 years old but 20 years old right now uh Made all Big 12 13, 13 points per game, four rebounds, 1.4 assists, 1.1 steals, 45% shooting, 36% from three. Um, I look at Terrence Shannon and I'm a little I'm pretty worried, I guess, at this point. I I'll start with the strengths. I mean, obviously he's a really good athlete. He's got really good size right. at 6'6. Um, he's he's a strong defender and his shot, his form isn't bad on his on his shot, and he's gotten better at three point shooting. I think he went from twenty seven percent to thirty six percent this past year. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a good cutter off the ball. He's smart. Um, there's just a little bit too many questions for me as far as he really just relies on that left hand. He, i don't i didn't see him finish right i not much if at all um not a very super consistent jumper and i mean he turns the ball over that he's not a creator at all pretty much so um i i'm not a, there's some players on this list i'm super high on uh he's not he's not one of them for
1: me yeah i think the problem i think the the trap he can get into is gonna be if he goes to the combine and somebody just sees his bounce and i was like oh you know, and they're going to tell yeah, him, oh, yeah. you know, you're going to be, you know, mid second round or whatever. And he sees that and he's like, you know what? All right, cool. It's good for me, you know, because yeah. I'm going to bring up a name for you. And this yeah. is, comes up This is to me. It's a lesser version because I think he was better in college at this point. But I kind of see a, a bad scenario as far as potentially for his NBA career. K.J. McDaniel okay do you remember kj mcdaniel yes. it's yes. a guy who could jump out of the gym that was right? how long ago was that that was probably about five six yeah, seven, was, probably even seven years ago this was like early process sixers uh yeah, yeah, team. That, was, that was a whole that was a long time ago yeah. i remember but that. it's a guy who could jump out of the room throw down you, you see the tools and you're like ah he's about six seven right he's a wig you could probably turn him into a good defender and kind of a three and d never developed a jump shot really couldn't really defend high level really could just only dunk and kind oh. of drive to the rim. And I don't want Terrence Shannon to get kind of put in that mold because again, I think if he gets in the league, I, I think there's so much of his game that could use another, another year of work, mm-hmm. another year at tech, working on that defense, one more jump, you know, a little more working on the jump shot, you know, it, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel there's a talented player in there that I think is just a little too early right now. And I'm afraid because, again, if it's the Combine, that's where a guy like him can flourish, right? That's where his numbers and his athleticism can really come into play. So that's what scares me. I think, again, I think this dude's really talented. I would love to see what this dude does as, quote-unquote, the guy at Tech next year. Yeah, and even though he
0: shot at 36% from three, I mean, just watching him last year, he wasn't the guy it who doesn't... was looking for his shot. Right,
1: right. I'm not saying, yeah, exactly, like, and it's not a guy who there, – there are college shooters and then there are NBA shooters, right? This is a guy, he's a good college shooter. There's nothing wrong with that, right? We'll get to a guy in Macy Oteague in a second who's another good college shooter yeah. who I don't know exactly will translate in that way. So,
0: um, But, yeah, to go to your, your combine point, I mean, I could definitely see him jumping out the gym and then getting some three-point drills and just going like, oh, my gosh, he shot the ball really well. And right. it's not exactly translatable because uh, his form's not bad. I really think, you know, as a standstill jumper with a lot of space in front of him, he, can, uh, he can get to that point where he's shooting mid-30s uh, consistently. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't trust it. And a lot of his shots in college, they weren't really guarding him because he's not this shooter that's going to just kill you in game. So they're living right. with him, right? Um but yeah, that's 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 pretty much Terrence Shannon. Uh, his creation off the dribble is a real concern for me. I think another year at Tech, um, and hey, if maybe if they're a little more offensive next year, he can really start playing at Tech next year and really start getting a feel for the game a little bit more on the offense side of the ball. But for sure, um, yeah, I would definitely recommend uh, coming back for him as well. Yeah. All right, next up, Macy O'Teague from Baylor, 6'4". This 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 hurt me when I saw this. This is gonna be the last year that someone is older than me in the draft he's 24 years old oh, you,
1: you you finally reached that point
0: he's 24 <laughs> years old i was look because i i looked through the just the ages and i saw his yeah. birthday and it said 1997 and i was like i was like oh ex- excuse me like <laughs> like i'm i'm 98 i'm early 98 and i was just like i didn't think there were any these people left like i didn't think man like, you out of
1: college. It, it's a it's it's a different world when you get to that point i i think i got i think i got to that point with anthony davis where i was like oh man he's younger than me i was like oh that's not cool man (laughs) like it was (laughs) but i've kind of
0: accepted that they're younger than me and now it's macy ot it's it's really kind of the opposite because it's so weird that he's older than me oh yeah yeah that's
1: yeah that's true yeah yeah. but
0: no it's the same effect i understand it's just that like i seen Zion and jaw and these guys that are like 20 years old. You're like, Oh, okay. You know, whatever. right. Mateo T is 24 years old, man. That's, that's old. It brings it um, back to
1: you to be like, dang, I am getting
0: it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, all right. So um, two time, all big 12 talent. I mean, 16 points per game, four boards, 1.7 assists, 48% from the field, 39 and a half percent from three, 83% from the free throw line, uh, three level score, comfortable off the dribble. Um, good perimeter defender. I'm not gonna say he's great, but a good perimeter defender for sure. Um And yeah, those those are his strengths. As far as question marks go, I, I think uh, we both have a pretty similar uh, assessment of him. He's not an explosive athlete, not an assist guy as far as creation goes. Um His three, you you brought it up already. His three point shooting. I'm really interested to see. It, he has to. He has to clean it up a little bit. He has it's to. The there's, it's the there's hitch. It's the hitch. And the thing
1: is, we know he can shoot without the hitch. That's the frustrating That's the weirdest thing about it is that, like, We've seen him shoot it above his head. It's literally every time he has, like, a pull-up or, like, he gets the ball off a screen or something, it's just single motion, right? But the second he gets a spot-up shot or uh what was another one not it wasn't a pull-up I, I think it, I forgot where it was but there was another shot where it was kind of in motion and he did the little like shot he did the little hitch and it's like where does that come from like and it's like a it's not like a a, a Michael Gil, Michael Kidd Gilchrist <laughs> hitch where it's like you just got to rework that whole thing <laughs> right, right? Yeah. it's like it's like take it out where did you get that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, where did you get because some guys just learn to shoot a certain way like again like Michael Kidd Gilchrist, uh, Markel Fultz, right? They have these wonky shooting motions where it's like, okay, you just learn to shoot like that. Yeah. He's like, no, where did you pick that part up? Like, <laughs> there's, it looks like he loses the ball for like a half second and before he gets it. And like, I don't know, it's the weirdest thing um, because again, it's, it's only when he spots up. Yeah. Off the dribble, off the catch, other things like that, like a runner, anything like that, it's like perfect. But for some reason, a spot up shot, he has a little twitch before he gets into his shooting motion. Um, that's the, obviously the biggest, like, glaring concern that they'll try to probably obviously work out. And once you know he starts making money, he'll be able to pay up, shooting coach and all that stuff. But the other things I'm curious about is what position does he play? Because you mentioned you know he's not. Down
0: a, I think yeah. he can only play two.
1: I I think so too. Um, which again, I mean, in this league, it's starting to get a little undersized you know, about 6'4", six, four or six, to be a two. Um, and you gotta be able to, I think he's he's good enough defensively to be able to get away with it, but you know, he's probably gonna have to put on a little bit more weight to be able to, you know, because again, twos are getting bigger, right? Twos are starting to get six six, right? Yeah. the, um, the weird thing so, is
0: to um sorry to cut you off there, but yet Donovan, yeah, Donovan Donovan Mitchell is six four and built like a damn tank. Right. Even he's, <laughs> he's on the defense side of the ball is going against Paul George, who's six eight. I mean, you're you're looking at the twos in the league are continuing to get taller and taller. Like, even if you're Duncan Robinson, 6'6". I'm just going through playoff teams on top of my head. James Harden. Devin Booker's 6'6". Devin Booker. Like, you just go down the list. And so, it's like, not only if you're 6'4", you can guard twos, yes. But, like, Donovan Mitchell is significantly bigger, stronger, um, has more experience. And he's still... Obviously, this is playoff basketball, so it's a little different. But um, even he, at times, struggles... Uh, with that type of size so to, to sure. go back and even even
1: good getting below the you know we just named some superstars but even then like tim hardaway jr right tim hardaway jr is with six seven right wow. like you know he's a two and so it's like you have to in order to play that position effectively that's when you're undersized you have to have you have to do something that you're kind of great at right and i think he could, potentially could be a great shooter right i yes. really do think that um so that's where his i think that mid-range area is going to be another area where I think he could be um, can exploit uh, a lot of um, uh, defenses as well. So I think I think there is something there. I think he does have the talent. I think he does have his decent athleticism. He's not the incredible yeah. athlete, right? Yeah. Um. But he's I think he's I think he's solid enough, and I think his ceiling as far as a shot goes, if he can clean up that that hitch, I think that's enough to carve out a career for him. I would not be shocked to see him second round. Um. I think he absolutely you know is in the right mindset to be going pro and to be going to be thinking that he should be uh, yes. taken. So
0: yeah. um no he's going to have to it's going to come on the offense side of the ball for him. He's going to have to be a three level scorer yeah. and you know he he wasn't great at the rim but he was capable at the rim but I definitely mid-range and three point line he's already there um if he can clean up his jumper and get there. I'm I'm I don't want to spend too much time on the on the hitch but it feels like something that he did maybe when he wasn't strong enough or something like that to where you know bring the ball here because a lot of people sure. players, I guess when they're not strong they start lower lower and, you know, get it up um but and maybe just developing in that but that that'll be a big thing it's gonna be interesting to see because this isn't it's not college anymore it's not high school anymore it's not you know you can't get away with just being a really, really good player with a couple of flaws. I mean, glaring flaws. You're going to have mm-hmm. to clean those up and get there because there's not one. I always talk about translatable skills, and I don't think he mm-hmm. has that one yet. But if he yeah. cleans up his shot motion, he can be an elite shooter. So mm-hmm. we'll see. All right. Next up, also from Baylor, Matthew Meyer. I never know if it's a Meyer or Meyer. How do you say it? I
1: thought it was Meyer, but hey, I'll, say like
0: I'll say Meyer. I'll say Meyer. I, I, <laughs> m-a-y-e-r so there you go uh six yeah. nine, uh 21 years old obviously a part of that championship team 8.1 points per game 3.7 rebounds per game um i gosh i didn't write down how many minutes he played but i went through and looked at his uh per 40 minutes uh compared to his teammates because i thought that was interesting mm-hmm. I think he only played 16 minutes per game something like that this year something like, something that. like that um and he was tied with Jared Butler for field goal attempts per forty minutes. So you know mm-hmm. he is one of those volume shooters. But I'll let you go first on yeah. Matthew Meyer.
1: Yeah, here's a okay. So I think, I think he should come back, but only because I think he's a first round pick next year. Ooh, I really? I think he has the. I think he has the all the tools because you look at what an NBA three and D player right contributes and what he is. And everything is Matthew Meyer. Six nine, can defend, can take it off the dribble a little bit, right? He's not the he doesn't have the best handles, but he can take it off the dribble. Yeah. Um, he's not he's not somebody you have to just you, you that you just can close out and don't have to worry about him, right, beating you off. He can absolutely take it to the hole. Um lengthy, athletic, really athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses all of that six nine frame. And of course, he's an elite shooter. Like yeah. I think again, I think if if he has a, a year of him and Adam Flagler being the guy and people see what he can do as kind of a one or two option, I really think he's a first round pick in 2022. So that's my only thing about him coming back is, I think that he, his stock is nowhere near as high as it could be uh, because I think we saw in the tournament, I think we saw him really take it to show some new levels and show some different levels of his game. I think he took the ball off the dribble a little bit more. I think he's a great cutter. I don't think he's a good cutter. I think he's a great cutter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 see, I see the guards and the, the wings of contending teams, what they're asked to do, and kind of what their size is. And I see Matthew Meyer like 20 times. I watch different games, and I see just like 20 different Matthew Meyers on the yeah. floor. Um, but, you know, his role on the championship team was exactly that, right? It was like, okay, here are these three creators who can beat everybody off the dribble, can you hit a corner three can you not be a liability on defense oh by the way when they think you're a mismatch we're going to get you in a pick and roll you're going to take it to the rim right like i think there's the tools of somebody really really interesting here and i think it goes down to his frame i think being six nine being able to take the ball off the dribble and shoot and defend i think that's like a jackpot in the nba
0: do you think he play would play the three in the
1: nba Oh yeah, he, okay. well, see, that's the thing. I think he could be a three. I think he'd be a small ball four. Mm-hmm. I think he could be a a, a a tall two. Like I really, I think he can be. Is a name like?
0: I'm so caught up in, um, like a
1: Nick Batum type, maybe. That's interesting. Like, like I, a... I, could, I could see, I could see like a poor man's Nick Batum um George like a, from the jazz yeah no like somebody yeah exactly somebody like that of like that that type of frame mm-hmm. um i want to say he's even taller than niang i think, think he's actually he might Nying. be taller than Batum. i think yeah, Batum's I, like I, six eight six yeah, seven, i think they're both
0: right. like six seven six eight something like that yeah
1: but, but you get my point where it's like yeah. okay here's these athletic guys these lengthy guys who aren't liabilities on offense can defend right mm-hmm. i think that I don't know. I think there's another level to his game that we haven't seen because he hasn't been asked to do that yet. He's been surrounded I, by just elite guard play. I agree. I I
0: definitely agree he should come back this coming year because I he just didn't play enough this year. He needs more minutes yeah. at the yeah. on the front line against starting players because I mean, while he went against starters, there were times where he went up against backups when Vital mm-hmm. was was out like um do you just need more reps there? Um I would come back for that alone. I see like Killian Tilly for instance went early second I believe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and I don't see why he couldn't do the same thing and it's not Killian Tilly didn't get drafted because he was young, Killian or because he was old or because mm-hmm. of his age. Killian Tilly got drafted because of his three-point shooting ability and, you know, his offense. And Matt sure. Meyer could be We don't know yet. That's the thing. I'm just going to say he could be better offensively than Killian Tilly. Mm -hmm. But we don't know what Matthew Meyer is at this moment. And I don't even think NBA teams know exactly what he is at this moment. We know he shot a lot in the minutes he was on the court. But we also know that he was on the best team in the country by a wide margin. And that team probably would have been really, really, really good without him too. Mm -hmm. So it's like... What are we looking for exactly? Can he create his own shot when he doesn't have as much spacing? Can he create his own shot against better defenders? Um, those are questions I think are yeses, but yeah. they could be no's. Like, um, while he's a good defender, he's I obviously I at the at the four is a, is an interesting spot because it depends who you're going against, right? Sure, uh, sure. But he, he has right. He'd, he'd be a
1: very tactical, he'd be a very tactical yeah. four. He wouldn't yeah. be somebody
0: who would play 20 minutes at the four. Yeah, for sure. So um I yeah, I agree. I wish he would come back for, for a year just to so I could really evaluate him because I feel like I'm just not equipped to just say like, oh, he can do this immediately or he Mm -hmm. can do or he can develop this and this because like you look at it he doesn't block any shots so it's like all right well can Mm -hmm. he do that i don't know because he's athletic he's tall so why can't he do that i we don't know he only played seven 18 minutes a game last year so um i love his potential and i think go
1: ahead and personally i think i would love to just see him and adam flagler run an offense yes i think that potentially just be a lot of fun (laughs) yes yes uh yeah so for me personally that'd be that'd be a blast exactly um all right next up we have kendrick davis from
0: smu i'm just gonna say right now he's my favorite player on this list go for i'll, I'll I, will let you cook on kendrick i love davis. Kendrick, i it. love watching kendrick davis yeah. and i love the feel kendrick davis plays with on the game he's only five eleven. he's mm-hmm. 22 years old two-time all aac 19 points a game seven and a half assists per game four boards one and a half steals i mean 37 three-point shooter 84 percent from the line um offensively I don't see a huge weakness except maybe finishing around uh, size like that probably be it, but he gets to the free throw line. He's a great passer, man. His vision is so good. He's just sees the cuts happening. He sees the, the defense moving. I love his um, pump fakes. I love his ball fakes. Uh, he can shoot the three really well, get to the mid range as well. Um, I would like him to quicken up his shot a little bit more. Um, but then, so offensively, I don't see a huge weakness besides maybe his size and his finishing. Um, but mm-hmm. de- defensively, obviously, I think he needs to take pretty significant steps forward here. I needed uh, the intensity on defense was not really existent on SC sure, to, sure. to me yeah. for stretches. There were there were moments, but there were a lot of stretches where you'd see on film where he was just kind of standing there, didn't box out a lot, um, and would just kind of go and just focus on scoring. Um, sure. And then the last thing I'll say is isolation scoring. I feel like he might've got a little bit of false hope, I guess, in that regard because I don't see him as an isolation scorer at, at the next level at the, at the NBA level. That is sure. sure. Um, I need to see him with a ball screen with some motion in the offense to, to get going, but if that's the case. I, I love Kendrick Davis as a point guard and as a, uh, as a player.
1: I would. I want to see him come back just because I want to see him with a good team. Oh <laughs> um, yes, I I, 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 I. I think his game. I don't know how much more we'll see of his game that we didn't see. You know, this year. I think he's. He is what he is. He's a great point guard who can move the ball, facilitate really well, and can score. Um, I. I agree with the defensive uh, deficiencies. I think. Yeah, I'm just curious about. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I, th- I mean, I pretty much, I think, he, I want to say he led the nation in assist rate at 46.4. Um, yeah, number one in the nation. Look at that. Damn. Um, but again, I, I would just like to see what he could do on a on a better team, right? Because he was obviously mostly what, you know, uh, some you had this year. Sure yep. And they've added so much talent. And I believe he said he is open. I think he told the Dallas Morning News he is open to returning. So, you know, we'll see. Um, I think just because of his size, I feel like he'll lean towards returning um because when it comes to when it comes to the NBA they're typically not high on those type of guys unless you really really pop to them as far as some aspect of your game. I, I think mean, he's again I think he's really Carson, good. I think he's facili- oh, so good. Even Carson Edwards was mm. did he did he get drafted? Carson Edwards? I think did? he did. I, I want to say it was a I want to say it was a late first, I want oh, to say. my tripping? Carson did he get drafted? I don't know. I thought he got drafted. Yeah. Oh, second, second round, second, uh 33. 30, okay, so I was wrong. Round.
0: It wasn't late second, yeah. but it was second. But I'm sorry, continue. Right.
1: But yeah, no, um, I that that's a good, I mean, that's a, a good uh contributing point because you know, Carson Edwards, somebody who, you know, capable facilitator, very good score in college. Um, a little bit too small, right? Maybe he maybe he does eventually develop into a rotation guard, but it was somebody that clearly didn't wow a lot of teams um in the scouting process. Uh, so i think kendrick davis is somebody in that similar mold to where he is somebody i think he might be a probably might be a little bit better of a facilitator than carson edwards edwards is much more prolific of a scorer but um but still like i I think yeah i i i would lean towards returning because i don't know how much will i don't know actually i'm kind of contradicting myself because i was going to say i don't know how much we'll see so does that maybe lend himself to to leave now you know um what else does he have to prove well, i guess would be the argument well spoiler alert
0: ish wants everyone to come back just to I, I do podcasts. i do totally. i
1: don't want i want everybody i make <laughs> we, the magazine i want everybody. we want to come this, back. this podcast
0: and this magazine to be great so sorry everyone needs to come
1: <laughs> but, back but i'm also i'm also team go get that money so i'm also like <laughs> look <laughs> you're contradicting yourself <laughs> if, man if you Damn. could uh if, if Kendrick Davis can go to the, the, the Texas Legends and give money and, and you know improve there, and go to you know go give money, man. I don't care. Um personally, I mean, very selfishly, yes, come back, but yes, <laughs> do what you gotta uh, do. Yes,
0: I would love to watch you play for free and just put up hundred points with that SMU team. That'd be a lot of fun. Oh. Um another name I came up with or I found was Tremont Waters. Mm-hmm. um second round 50, uh, pick 51 2019 yeah. i don't remember if he won mvp of the g league last year or if he was scoring title or something like that he put up a hell of a lot of points um mm-hmm. but you know again a late pick for a guy who obviously was really good for at 5'11", so sure um it'll be interesting that's a decision i don't know i don't i don't know what i can't put my, my finger on that either yeah
1: that's a that could really go either way
0: yeah all right next up we got jericho sims from texas um Man, it's just crazy. This Texas team has so much talent and ends up losing the first round. But shout out Abilene Christian, man. Let's go. <laughs> oh uh, Jericho Sims, I I he's not gonna get drafted, I don't think. But mm-hmm. I I like him as as an undrafted prospect. I mean, just his athleticism, six ten, almost twenty-three years old. But I mean, he basically he did improve from junior to senior year on the like as an overall player, the stats don't show it because I think mm-hmm. he played a little bit less and with a little bit more talent sure. around him in the front court. But um 25 minutes per game, shot 70% from the field, nine points, seven boards, one block, 52% from the free throw line is obviously a concern. Uh, mm-hmm. but defensively, I I think he can do some things pretty well as far as he's got some decent foot speed and he's an aggressive defender. Obviously, he didn't block a ton of shots. 1.1 in 25 minutes per game isn't terrific but it's not bad Mm -hmm. so um i i mean he can't really score anywhere outside of the restricted area but defensively he can do some things and he can you know he can block shots and and
1: dunk Mm -hmm. so i I like like look you can make a carving in the nba if you if you got bounce And if you can block a couple shots, like I think uh, I saw a comparison to Rashawn Holmes, which is somebody I can, I can see. Yeah. Um, You don't need, if if you're playing the five and you're exclusively a five, you don't need to be able to, you know, have a jump shot or anything like that. You know, we're not asking you, we're not asking him to be Joel Embiid, you know, we're asking to play 10 minutes, right. Maybe uh, be a rotation guy, defend a, defend a good post player every once in a while. And, yeah, I, 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 like, I like Jericho Sims as, like, an interesting G League stash, right, where it's like he, st- he spends a couple of years there, works on maybe his discipline on defense, yeah. um, learns a little bit more of shot-blocking angles, things like that, because, again, he's another toolsy guy, right? We talked about Kai Jones and Greg Brown, and they had a lot of these toolsy players, and he's kind of the one that kind of hung around the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw a lot, and I think you have a guy who can defend the pick and roll really well, um, I think he's somebody who's not going to be able to, you're not gonna be able to switch on to him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I see somebody really, really intriguing. I, I think his offensive limit limitations are going to be a reason why he doesn't get drafted, but I think he's going to be somebody picked up really, really quickly by somebody. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't, he's somebody who I wouldn't be shocked in a couple of years. We see contributing 10 minutes a game or so. Yeah. Um, and it's like, man, why isn't the, why didn't this guy get drafted? Kind of like, a you know, a lot Um, again i I said it at the beginning if you can jump you can block shots you can defend the pick and roll you will have a career like yeah it is that that simple as far as nba bigs go now yeah
0: you you don't need to have a post game anymore and not not to say that not to say that he's going to be like a starter or anything like that but you go to literally i think i could click on any team basketball Mm -hmm. reference and I'm thinking, because uh, the first thing I think of is the Spurs, right? They have a uh, Yaka Pearls, their starting center, zero offensive mm-hmm. ability, shoots 50% from the free throw line. Backup center is a guy named Drew Eubanks, who mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody outside of San Antonio knows. I mean, it's they just block shots, run down the rim, dunk the ball. It's um, like... And catch lo- That's the other
1: thing, catch lobs. He can yeah. catch lobs. Like if you can catch lobs, that that is an offensive game, right? Like yeah. setting a screen, running to the rim, boom, you can finish. Like that's an offensive game in today's in today's league. If you're a rotation big, like again, it's the days of the days of having these guys who can post up, right? Greg Monroe got yeah. played out of the league right there's a name i'll throw out but like greg monroe is a great is a great offensive score but he gets played out of the league because he can't defend he's not really a shot blocker he doesn't really have a jump shot and so it's like okay well that yeah. type of center doesn't exist anymore and so it's gonna come down to his
0: defense like, what was that it's gonna come down to his defense it's gonna come down 100 to- yeah it's it. come down
1: to his defense i think he has a, like almost seven five wingspan like that that alone will get people intrigued
0: Hey, if Jackson Hayes went number eight overall and Udoka Azubuki last year win the first round,
1: why not? I mean, didn't Bismack Biombo get like a 70 million dollar contract? Like, come on now. Like, <laughs> I think we were having that this is a sidetrack. We were having that argument about like, could Ben Wallace work today? And one of my friends threw that at me. He was like, Bismack Biombo got 70 million. You don't think <laughs> you don't think Ben Wallace could work today? <laughs> oh <laughs> like, boy. you know what? Fair.
0: <laughs> yeah you know point point taken Um, all right let's go to our last two uh the utsa duo here just because i like throwing them out here javon jackson yeah. is going to go first six foot 22 and a half years old three time all conference 20 points per game last year um 22 points for his career last year was an interesting year for anyone that followed UTSA at all. He shot less and their usage, him and Keaton Wallace's usage percentage was down about five percentage points each. Um, They tried taking on a little more team effort. Didn't work really. You know, it's the same result for them as the, the the Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum um, equation. So, uh, but anyway, shot 46, 7% from field, 37% from three. Here's a fun stat. He's tied for 52nd most career points in NCAA basketball history. And of the top 60, he has the second worst field goal percentage.
1: One player below
0: him is fellow Conference USA legend, John Elmore. So, Man, okay. Conference USA, if you need an incentive to watch Conference USA, it is that they got they had John Elmore and Javon Jackson at the same time one time. Let me just they got, tell you, they got some, they got some
1: chuckers, man. <laughs> so Javon Jackson is very interesting because he's a guard who's probably not a point guard, who is definitely not big enough to play two. No, is not a very good facilitator. He tried their best team, They tried their best team came when they had a uh, DeNikola point guard, um, and who gets most of his shots off screens? Like, I don't know. Like that's that's a weird one because his handling's okay, right? But he's not. Again, he's not somebody who's getting to the rim right a lot. It's a lot of it's a lot of pull up. It's a lot of you know transition buckets. It's a lot of spot up. It's a lot of off screens um you have to kind of generate some stuff for him and he's really good don't get me wrong like when you do he's able to knock down shots Mm -hmm. he's able to get into a rhythm he's what i mean he's one of the best rhythm shooters you know in that i've seen in a while like if if, anytime he got on a roll like it was like okay he's gonna drop 30 like you just knew but you know when you get a guy like that how much does an nba team want to cater to that you know um I think this is a guy who could really have a really good uh, career overseas and maybe come back. I think he's going to be a guy we're going to see pop up in the summer league like every year for a while. And I don't mean that as a No, no, it's true. All right, it's here. True. I'll 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 stop you. He's not <laughs> playing in the NBA. Right, All no. Right. No, he's not. He's not. But overseas, I could he he can make money. He's going to be a guy who's going to – he's going to be on like – he's going to get like a couple 10-day contracts in his career where you're going to be like, oh, Javon Jackson. And you're going to see – you know, I could see him being the guy that pops up in like three or four years, drops like fifteen one game for like the Magic. And you're like, wait, what's that called? Like who's this dude, right? And you look him up. It's like, oh, yeah, he played for UTSA, blah, 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 blah. And like then he goes back to playing, you know, for Real Madrid or something and killing it over there, right? Like a 10-time Eurobasket champion because like (laughs) – again, I just don't see – Again, when you're five ten, five eleven, and you can't really create, you're not going to be a two in the NBA. You're just not. No, like, I mean,
0: for Jimmy Fredette went over there and won like all the MVPs over there in China, didn't he? Like, bro, you could be
1: you could, you, that. There's nothing wrong with being,
0: like, uh, having a career overseas, man. All. Um, no, I I could see that. I mean, like Mike James for the Nets, who wasn't supposed to play and ended up, you know, coming over here and doing all this. I'm not that saying he's going to be Mike James. Drop. Yeah. i'm not saying he's gonna be mike james i'm just saying no but that's a mike great james that's a great played, name drop we're 30 years old played one year in the nba
1: and just been making money over there then all of a sudden oh he's over here and we need somebody we need somebody who can kind of handle the ball who's experienced who's not a rookie right yeah. and uh who's the guy for the nuggets um Compazzo. he's foreign but compasso right yeah 30 he's five he's five ten i just looked yeah. that up he's five ten Yeah. And he was starting for the Nuggets. And so it's like, again, we're not saying Javon Jackson is going to be in the league, but it's like, he's going to be somebody who's going to be able to really establish himself overseas. He can score with anybody, right? He's going to be able to score with anybody in that league. And no matter what league, Spanish league, Italian league, whatever. Um, And he's, he's going to be somebody who's not going to go away from NBA circles in terms of like summer league, G league, you're going to see his name pop up. And again, like he, I, I love that Mike James name drop where it's like it's not a guarantee that he's going to be contributing for a contender, but if you're a good veteran international player with a very defined skill set, some NBA team's going to be like, yeah, we could use that, yeah. right? Whether it's a good team or a bad team, some team's going to be able to use that. So I, that's where I think Javon Jackson's going. And unfortunately, you know, just – Actually, he's uh, he's six foot. He, I don't know why I thought he played smaller than six foot. Um, he does
0: play smaller than six he foot. Play, he, I thought he was like 5'9", I swear. Defensively, he doesn't play at all. So it's
1: just... <laughs> That's the other thing. That's the other thing. This is a guy who does not defend. So, you know, whether that's a product of UTSA really not wanting to defend either. <laughs> I don't know, but, you know, yeah. And uh, let's go to Keaton Wallace, who's kind of just a taller version and worse shooting version of that. Yeah, at least <laughs> plays defense. He does play defense and he, Wallace, and he can dunk and he, he's a better athlete too. an
0: athlete, can dunk. He has a better NBA chance, I think, than Jackson, which is crazy because you watched them the last four years. Jackson just lit up the gym every time. That's true. And Keen Wallace was obviously the Robin to the Batman. Yeah. But Keen Wallace, athletically, and he can shoot. He's a pure mm-hmm. shooter. He didn't shoot this that well this past season. He only shot 32% from three this past season. But uh, yeah. the past, you look at the two years prior, he sh- was in the high 30s and – he was not taking super easy shots either. Like it's not sure. like he had, he was like, Oh, Javon's just got all this tension. I'm just going to shoot wide open shots. No, there was just right. a lot of attention on both of them. So they knew, um, they knew
1: that those two were the guys. Yeah.
0: So I can see Keen Wallace um, being a mid 30% three point shooter really early. Um, um, I, I don't, he's not going to get drafted. Uh, hopefully maybe Julie. Uh, but again, if he has to start overseas too, I can see that going really well for him and making a career over there. Um, And I think, he he has a better chance at, at the NBA specifically and the G League specifically just because I th- think he's a better defender. I think he can guard ones and even twos to an extent. Um, mm. Low-end twos, obviously, but um, he's, a, he's an athletic guy. Um, but yeah, you know, kind of like Jackson, he's not this guy who's going to um, kill you in isolations or anything like that and just, just dominate. It's going to have to – he's a spot-up shooter. He's going to have to be a 3 and D guy, basically.
1: Sure, sure
0: yeah we'll see but um it's gonna i i like like we both said i mean between those two if they go overseas and make careers
1: out of it that's I, I i will run it back i would love sign both that. with the just, both sign with the same team and just run it back <laughs> just, just both <laughs> sign with the same team wow yeah. i didn't even think about that
0: damn let go to mm. china and sign with the same team and try china, to what's
1: think. the shanghai sharks or whatever what's what's the richest team over there i think it's the sharks but probably one of those Probably yeah, but yeah there. just run it run it back man those two were fun i'm i'm still upset we never got to see them make a, a decent run with a, a damn steve better Henson. cast so yeah. ridiculous all right well that's all we had um that was fun yeah it's not was, I, I like not talking about just the guarantee guys you know i know
0: yeah it's like we get to talk about macy t's hitch we get to talk about terrence shannon not using his right hand <laughs> future real madrid
1: legend javon jackson
0: yeah there you go um all right guys that's all we have for y'all today i uh, appreciate you listening uh leave us a five-star rating and review on apple uh check us out on spotify as well send this to your friends families um let us know what you think of the prospects that we went over uh maybe how would you rank them as far as nba prospects uh what how do you think Bryson williams gonna do at texas tech so let us know uh twitter is dct basketball uh ishmael's twitter is ishmael r johnson correct yes yes um mine is matthew Bruni underscore and i believe that's oh check us out on texasbasketball.com as well and the magazine will be in production very soon from ishmael himself so yeah hey we're gonna get started on it we'll see how it goes um also i guess i'll I'll play the football for you too since you got a football uh uh
1: you plug it you plug it you're, you're, you're in the office what am so I doing? yeah we got uh so we just we just uh sent the or actually we just got our copies of the football magazine in uh in the office last week so they are out uh make sure to subscribe on textfootball.com. we'll try to get them out to you as soon as possible uh we'll try to make sure we'll get it to you before they hit stores but uh, i believe that specific deadline with that promise passed on friday but if you want to make sure you get it Soonish or directly to you. Subscribe at textfootball.com. They'll be coming to stores roughly July-ish. Uh, we try to say July-ish because again, when we put them on the trucks. We don't control what happens to them. So um, they are coming out. They do exist. We have them here. They look great. I'm really excited. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's football magazine. So like I, like Matt, Matthew said, we're I'm in the kind of uh, preliminary planning stages of the basketball magazine, getting some logistics stuff worked out um but yeah it's about to get cracking with that so football season basketball season clashing together there you go so thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you later